Padres, and welcome to episode 59 of Dads Talking Dads. This is a podcast about your favorite baseball team, the San Diego Padres. My name is Johnny, and I am joined by my fellow compadres, Joel and Tony. Joel, how's it going? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Johnny. I'm doing well. A <laughs> 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 little misdirection there. No, yeah, we're, we're good. Um, let's see, Luke's got a birthday coming up. I was talking to Tony. Got a, got a couple of gifts for him that I'm excited about. Usually, my wife picks out a lot of the gifts for birthdays and Christmas. I have input. Oh, yeah. But uh, this, is the, <laughs> this is one of the first ones where I've been like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get uh, the gift for Luke, uh, and I'm pretty hyped up, so I'm doing great. Nice. Does he um, Does he listen? Are you able to reveal the gift, or is it... I don't think... Uh, should we I, better say It's really just a matter of he's listening while I'm recording. Ah, and I think he's playing video games, so I can say whatever the hell I want. So um, I got him a new uh, electric guitar. I found a little... I found a short-scale guitar that's going to be the perfect size for him, because he's, he's a little guy. He's turning eight. Uh, and a little yeah. amp, and a, obviously a cord to connect the two. Um, uh, guitar cable to connect to so it's gonna be fun nice. i'm probably gonna be playing it more than he is at first you know, the classic dad move of like okay let me just get it set up for you and then like 20 minutes later i'm still noodling on it <laughs> he's like dad can i can i play my guitar now um but no it's okay cool. this I'm is really, an a minor i'm really pumped to give it to him. i think he's gonna be really happy with it nice that's that that's gonna be super fun i've never played one of those little smaller guitars either so i feel like that novelty of it alone would make me want to like fiddle around more yeah, I'm excited. When it, I think it's going to come in well in advance of his actual birthday, so I'm actually going to take it to the local music shop as soon as it comes in and get it set up. And see, I'm going to see. Like, I, I've gone back and forth if if I want to get like super light gauge strings on it because he's just starting out, or if I should just yeah. go with you know the standard strings and let him get his fingers toughened up like a man. Um, <laughs> get a callus. It's going to be exciting. Good, you got your fingers hurt. Keep playing. Yeah, they're not bleeding. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, ten more songs. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Tony, you are looking very uh, well trimmed and uh, like you just went to the barber. How are you doing? I'm good. I, uh, when I was talking to Joel earlier, I, he said the same thing and I remembered. I was like, didn't I, didn't I promise I was right yeah. before a trim last episode? And yes. lo and behold, I am now trimmed. Uh, good to hear that it looks like I was just at the barber because it was a couple weeks ago. So that means it's it's filled in nicely and it doesn't look like it was just thinned yeah. out um obviously yeah, yeah. Well, it looks okay it yeah. matches the hair more which is better so it doesn't look like when you get your hair cut and then your chin is just kind of like ballooning outward <laughs> yeah mine mine got to that point like a few months ago and then i was like it was just too like it was kind of everywhere yeah it was very weird um yeah and at that point i don't even i don't i'm not intelligent enough with my beard to know how to shape it yet yeah i don't know that's it takes a lot of time and honestly a lot of product too yeah like adding oils and different conditioners and stuff to it so it doesn't just like like at least with my skin it's very dry so it'll like flake underneath which is just gross so and then i feel like that's when the hairs get really yes it's just not most of the time it's not worth it yeah the whole oils thing there's like a whole it's a whole world really oh yeah it's a whole world um so we're gonna get into some fun topics today and not fun topics i guess one is uh uh tony's gonna uh take us down a little fun spears theory and uh, we'll also talk about some recent injuries before we get into that though uh we've got the number of the day and tony i have no idea what this one is but i'm excited uh what is the number of the day the number of the day and then i'll allow you guys some guesses is 0.01 i i I feel pretty confident saying our smallest number of the day ever yeah i don't know if we've been in the decimals 
I think you left a, a zero off on the end, and it's it's uh, Austin Hedges' batting average with that <laughs> so far. <laughs> Honestly, it might be generous. That might be his uh, OPS. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, Johnny's having a contemplate. He's staring out the window, yeah. hand on chin. It's like the, that Looking hangover card South counting Mountain. meme where he's got the, yes. the all the equations in front of him. Yes. <laughs> My instincts are telling me it's related to a um, like a batting average or slugging or something. But that those are usually three really places. Close. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's and I was thinking, like, my initial thought was, like, team war or some kind of war statistic, but that's usually only in one place. Gee, golly, gosh. All right, Phil Rivers, what do we got? <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz, gosh darn it. That gum. I'm getting tarred feathered out there. I tell you what, man. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's the difference between the Padres and Dodgers team war, even though I I'm, I know that's not right because they don't do the 100th, but I like that's that. what I'm going and with. <laughs> I would like to... I'm just going to say that's real because I like that. And I'd like to think we are point ahead, just to be clear. Yeah. That is the difference. Joel, do you have a last guess? Um, one. By the way, you were right with Austin Hedges' batting bridge. That is also a correct answer. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that two-digit decimal is throwing me off, too. I'm not sure what that could be. Okay. The answer will lead directly into our conspiracy theory topic. Oh, okay. And I, I think we do need to say up front, I don't think... The three of us are normally into conspiracy theories. So I hope people listening aren't like, oh, God, here we go. This is where they 50, almost 60 episodes in, they finally reveal they're all really weird conspiracy tinfoil hat wearers. Uh, that's not the case. This is a it's for the content. <laughs> it's conspiracy theories for content. OK, exactly. yeah, I like conspiracy theories for as long as they're entertaining. I like to, you know, stretch the, the boundaries of plausibility for fun. But yes, Correct. I'm not I'm not a true believer. No. And I think that might be the case with this one, but I am curious where it will lead. So the number of the day of point zero one is for the positive rate from COVID-19 testing completed this week as of Friday. So the numbers reported on Friday were 14,704 tests conducted with two new positive cases, both players, 0.01% positive rate. Huh. And that leads directly into the conspiracy theory. And this is not a conspiracy theory of my own creation. It was discussed with me. And after uh, that discussion, I said, can I talk about this on my podcast? Because it is just, just, just shy of too wild to make you actually think about it for a second. And the blunt version of the conspiracy theory is, what if all MLB players are already vaccinated and MLB is covering it up? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I wasn't expecting that question. Hmm. Now, there are some wrinkles. As with all, I think one of the big wrinkles is they have technically been announcing positive tests for players. I know Joey Votto just this week was uh, announced as positive. Um, In addition to the positive case, there are wrinkles of players breaking protocol, which, again, we don't really know what the details of those are, like what those instances are. Uh, after Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger last year, remember that was just last year, broke protocol for like going out one night or something. We don't really have those details, but it was former Padre, Fran Mil Reyes, just saying. Um, there, there are wrinkles to it, but uh, the friend I was discussing it with was talking about how even compared to last year, there are fewer masks, fewer uh, neck gaiters being worn, 
even players who were pretty consistent in wearing a mask, like Didi Gregorius, is no longer wearing one. The only people you see wearing masks consistently are coaches and assistants in the dugout. More important than that, I think, is the two spring training locations are in Arizona and Florida. I would say within the top five worst states for COVID safety protocol numbers, as in their numbers are high. Yeah, I I just two of the worst places you could possibly be. And and there are a ton of new players that have traveled into these. You have people flying from different country, different countries, period. But the numbers are still, I think, astoundingly low, like crazy, crazy low of 14,000 tests. Two, two people are positive across all 30 teams condensed into these really populous, completely open, basically. And Johnny, it'll be interesting to hear your take on it because you're in Arizona. So you literally see what it's like there. And I think we kind of all can infer that Florida is similar to an Arizona or a Texas or a lot of these other states that are just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're done waiting. We're just going to open it up. I'm, I'm curious, even if not a hundred percent, what if it's 60%? What if it's 40%? What if it's honestly any percentage of MLB players that are quote unquote skipping the line. Well, so here's the is thing. Is it worth it? For even even for this to be like this is still a conspiracy theory even if it's just available to the players ahead of the general population. So you Correct. could say that there's feasibly some sort of um, uh, policy that's put in place to where players are like, "Hey, we've got vaccines available. Don't ask us how we got them. You get a vaccine if you want to get a vaccine." Some players do, some players don't, and then you could still see infections of players. Um and then, you know, that's still a bombshell in and of itself. Um, that's Correct. compelling. Not- 0.01 is a ridiculous low number. So Maricopa County, Arizona. I just pulled up a covidactnow.com or .org, I should say. I've been visiting them a lot uh, during the pandemic. I'm sure many of us have as well, listeners out there. Uh, the positive test rate for Maricopa County currently is 4.3%. That's not 0.43%. 4.3%. So to have a positivity rate of 0.01% out of, did you say 14 was it 1,400 players? 14,000 tests. 14,000 tests. Oof. Uh, I mean, granted, smaller sample that are under much higher scrutiny and have mm-hmm. probably much stricter quarantine protocols than the general population, that's still an absurdly low rate, in my opinion, to be 0.01% positive. So you know, I know I just said we do this just for entertainment, but wow, this sounds sort of plausible to me that they could have had some sort of backroom deal to where vaccines were purchased by the league um, and then administered to the players to protect the product um the other thing i'm curious about the the nfl playoffs went off without a hitch to my knowledge and i believe we had vaccines available at that point as well i'd have to check to make sure but it was like right on the right on the cusp if not after because i mean imagine how devastating that would be to the expanded nfl playoff format if a team gets covid and has to sit out and yeah, imagine if you didn't have a Super Bowl or you had to delay a Super Bowl. It, it in a contact sport like un-American like football. I mean, <laughs> what would Johnny says, do? I would leave the country if there's no Super Bowl. God, but might as well be Canada, goddamn. And I think, uh, <laughs> kind of building off your thoughts, Joel, uh, you said it protects the product. That's ultimately what it's all about. It's all about money. Everything always comes back to money. And to me, even though it's risky. 
even though you there is a I would say very substantial amount of risk involved in uh, having a whistleblower just because you do have 30 teams and their staffs and their families of players and there's just a lot of uh, the family tree or the uh, web of actions grows exponentially large very very quick just it spreads out so fast but is it worth it to keep the bottom line as healthy as possible and let's say even if something does come out later let's say an athletic because it'll probably be athletic an athletic investigation surfaces up later how long will that be a year two years i'm willing to bet that two years from now or even a year from now it's not going to be a massive bombshell like it would be if it hit right now if that story came out right now most of the population hasn't even begun uh their first set of vaccinations nonetheless getting the second shot or the two shots it would be a very bad look but in a year it might just be something where it's like well yeah that's super shady and not good that they did that but we're kind of past it now is that worth the gamble for them it is rob manfred i don't know yeah, i'm thinking right. about it i'm picturing his face i can just I can the, hear yeah. it in his voice it's just that balance sheet man you gotta so i'm, I'm looking at an article from september 15th uh, and to that point in time, 43 total MLB games had been postponed due to COVID-19 cases. Correct. Most, uh, I think a lot of them because of both the Marlins and the Cardinals' respective outbreaks. Between those two teams, they had to shuffle so many games around because of all the teams they were going to play. So 40 games, Joel, in a 60-game season. Yeah, right. So, Granted, 60, 60 games for every team, but right. still, that's not insignificant. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, so that's... I mean, I get it, honestly. From from the the, the, the league's perspective, you really you, you want to protect that revenue. You just had a uh, a season where nobody could be in the stands literally all year. Um, you're banking on a recovery mm-hmm. to where you can hopefully open up the stands. I mean, we're already seeing in spring training they're opening up to limited um, uh, fan uh, participation, right? Uh, limited uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Capacity. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the game here is we need to get fans back in. We need to get those ticket revenues, um, and let alone, you know, there's TV deals where I'm sure you need to have a certain number of games broadcast, um, in order to be holding up their end of the deal from that standpoint. So there's a whole lot of incentives that would lead toward getting your players vaccinated to make sure that the teams can proceed with these games, no matter what. And here's the thing outside of it being an awful look from a PR standpoint, I mean, I don't know what would be stopping them from doing this, right? So there's supposed to be tiered, um, you know what I mean, availability of vaccines for the general public. But, I mean, Major League Baseball has a shit ton of money. I don't doubt that at all. I don't know the numbers, but they've got to have billions, right? So if what's to stop them from going to Johnson & Johnson, going to Pfizer or Moderna or whoever, and saying, hey, we need, you know, how many players in baseball? A couple thousand? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, not even that, probably, probably on the scale of hundreds, right? Only the guys on the 40-man. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so Johnny's joking, players, but he's right? also not 40-man roster times yeah. 30 teams? Yeah. I mean, if you got the, the cash to do it, like I don't think there's anything on the books legally to stop them from doing it. I mean, I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, this this really does sound like something that may have, have happened. Now, the, the devil's advocate argument is that we did see a rash of COVID uh, outbreaks um, in July, August, September, um, and so with a much smaller pool of people, um, the, you know, I mean, that sort of immunity level 
wouldn't be that hard to achieve. And now we're seeing the after effects of that, right? There's much lower infections because everybody has had it or is immune. Um, but that doesn't really explain the lack of masking, right? So, but again, that's hard to quantify, right? There's no number that says, you know, this percentage of the players wore masks every game in 2020 versus this percentage in 2021 spring training. It's really hard to determine. I don't know. Johnny, go ahead. We Joel and I have been talking for a bit. I, I do have, uh, Joel mentioned a couple devil's advocate arguments. I think there is a very, very big one that I think needs to be brought up. But Johnny, you might get there organically anyway. Maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I, I that, that um, conspiracy theory interests me because the state recently... Uh, the governor signed an executive order to open up the state, basically, um, and was just like, you know, as long as long as you're following the social distancing rules, um, you know, you can dine inside, but you can take off your mask if you're eating. But then there's no oversight, and like, no one here really gives a shit. And the people that do are just so beaten down by the like grind of living here and the pandemic that we're just so fucking tired and we just don't even want to deal with it anymore that it's just like whatever like we're just going to get our takeout food and get out of here as quick as we can which i feel like is half the people and the uh, the other half of the people or i guess probably more than half are just like whatever i want to i want to eat inside and like i don't know it's it, so the 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 lack of giving a shit in phoenix just in general amongst people um it's very surprising to me that that there would be such a low uh, you know, positive, positive testing right there. Um, I did actually read, so with Fran Mel Reyes, I think I had read that he, him and Jose Ramirez went to a restaurant in Phoenix because they, um, their um, spring training stadium, I think is in Goodyear or something. Um, and so they dined inside and had masks off inside. And so I think that was like the big no-no um, that they were like sent home for some time for. But I, you know, I, I highly doubt they're the only ones um and generally i think the people that are going out right now and eating in restaurants are the people who probably aren't taking all the precautions um or maybe got it once and they're like i'm good um but i mean there's like new strains like you can you know you could still you could still get it again um and with the vaccines i mean the only people in arizona that have been able to vaccine so far are like um you know teachers like school support staff um 65 and older um healthcare workers and there's something else I can't remember at the moment, but it's not like there's like a huge population that's still waiting. Um, now that being said, when I took my wife to get her vaccine because she's a teacher, they didn't check any of our information. Um, and I don't know if that's that way everywhere, but like they just didn't check anything. And so I don't know if word is getting around about that, but if so, I would assume that some people are maybe like, you know, just kind of skipping the line because no one's checking any information and they just ask for your ID. They don't even, they're just like, do you have an appointment? Yes. Cool. Go over there. Awesome. You're getting your vaccine. Great. We'll give it to you. All right. See you later. Um, which is great when you go because it's a bit quicker, but I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So like I didn't, I could, I could just roll through here and just be like, yep, I have an appointment and thank you. Um, so maybe that's happening. I mean, maybe word got out about that somehow, or maybe, you know, um, I mean, they have a vaccination spot at Cardinal Stadium, so I don't, you know, maybe they were just like, roll through there, everybody. Um, and the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's like, hey, we're here, we're practicing already, let's roll through this line. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if that's happening. I mean, I know that the vaccine output has greatly increased 
um, with with the new president. And so maybe the concern for the lack of vaccines was kind of reduced at a certain point. Maybe they were just like, eh, like maybe they did kind of weigh that out. They were just like enough people will get vaccinated at, you know, X date that, you know, if this comes out and everyone's already vaccinated, they don't really care. Um, you know, if there's if there was still a massive shortage and we're like, there's no hope on the horizon for a vaccine, then I think there, you know, they would be like more conservative in that in their decision making. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that that was kind of I was like, man, that this is a really interesting theory because it's um, all too plausible. That's what makes it good. I think the the biggest wrinkle is how and where the uh, players association fits in is this something where there has to be i mean it if it's if it's as uh back room as we're discussing it to be it's not like you're gonna have a contract drawn up where everybody signs it and there's a paper trail that everybody has signed this thing that could eventually uh lead to an explosive uh reveal i just mix it in with the steroids. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. Players Association is like, no, not just the vaccine. You got to give us some of that juice as well. <laughs> give us cocktails and we'll say yes. HGH presented by Pfizer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's I, the I, thing I that makes know. all these large-scale conspiracy theories sort of fall through, right? Is like you've got hundreds of people, maybe even on the order of thousands of people, that all need to keep it quiet, completely quiet, by the way, without, you know, leaking it to the press or even just, you know, having one too many at the bar and getting loose lips and talking to somebody who would then, you know, go with uh, and, and then take that down to the media at large and blow it up into a giant story. Um, so, yeah, I agree, Tony. I think that's the biggest um, wrinkle in this conspiracy theory, but it is fun to... To sort of play with it, and I think it's something that, again, is somewhat plausible. But yeah, it'd be very hard to keep it quiet. Now, <clears throat> I know President Biden has uh, directed states to make vaccines available to all of the population, right? Not just like tiered phases um, by May first. So I, I mean, that's uh, it, it makes it easier to kind of run out the clock, I suppose, right? Um, you can. Just this is what I'm saying. Roll them all I, in I, and say like, yeah, well, now now everybody's available, so. Yeah, I think no you're right, Joel, in that. I think you're right in that. It's just it's so many people that need to be quiet, and I I don't think it's like the players you need to worry about or even coaches. It's like training room assistants, mm-hmm. like fringe, fringe, fringe employees that maybe feel they're being treated unfairly or they're unsafe in their environment or something of that nature to where they would have a reason to want to whistleblow or just feel that it's not right what's happening obviously that's what uh, a lot of uh it leads to a lot of actions of this type um but i i think i think there is a serious consideration of uh, like you said joel may 1st is when at least here in california um where joel and i are that's where the kind of like open vaccine program begins or whatever you want to call it is mlb looking at the months being like we only have to last 60-ish days. If we can last 60-ish days, even if the investigation comes out after that, or it becomes like known after that, I just... You've got plausible deniability, and you can say, no, 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 we got vaccinated with everybody else in May. We don't know what you're talking about. And then deny, 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 I, and it goes away. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet that MLB probably has a good enough legal team that if they had to, they could throw some serious time and money and effort into... Uh, either refuting or just presenting enough of a murky case to where people are like, ah, well, that wasn't really, that wasn't really that true. It just seems, 
if not 100%, the, at first when I heard this theory presented to me, it was like, all the players are vaccinated. I was like, there's no way. I just The logistical nightmare of that alone, can you imagine? Because a lot of these players are in the Dominican Republic, or they're in different countries entirely, or they have different homes, different states. It just seems like a... As an operations manager, it seems like that would I'd be I'd quit if that was here's your job. You have to get all this done and in complete secrecy. But a percentage, or even a percentage of the teams, maybe one team in particular, I it's it's just shy of too crazy, just shy of it. Yeah, ninety nine point nine nine percent negative COVID tests. That's wild. Because I mean, you could basically. I mean, at this point, I feel like when that pitchers catchers reporting and then first workouts. You give everyone their first shot, and then it's what three? Yeah, people. I mean, some people would have been having their second shot maybe uh, after games have started. But at that point, you can also just pull them and just be like, ah, general soreness. Like if the, you know, if they have an adverse reaction to, to any of the shots, you just kind of say, ah, oh, sore. They're sore. At the beginning of spring training. Um, I guess that's the other facet of this, though, right? Like if, if the uh, the secret vaccine, secret early vaccine theory doesn't hold. There's also the possibility that there are positives that are not being reported and there's uh, IL fuckery going on to where they're saying, oh, he's got a stomach illness, so he's out for two weeks. <laughs> you know, like that's that's another sort of angle at this that you might see where vaccines are not happening and would explain the ridiculously low number of positive tests. But again, that would take that's that's pure conjecture it would take a whole lot of digging into, you know, who's going on to the injury list and why. Um, and then for how long as well, right? Because you would probably see a big spike in like two to three week IL stints um, if that was what was going on. Yeah, it just seems very, uh, it seems very improbable to me that MLB didn't take some serious efforts between the World Series and now to minimize the amount of money they would lose. And there are many different ways that they can do that of which this is a option, possible option. It could be many other things where it's seriously uh, clamping down on protocols around the facilities and contact points and uh, tracing data and all that. But then it's just so jarring as it was last year, as we've talked about, where you see, you know, Tommy Pham steals a base and then he goes in the dugout and he's like, let's go! And his mouth <laughs> like spit all, all over like 20 <laughs> other people and they're all unmasked, just like mouths open like, yeah! It's just, <laughs> you look at that and you're like, that's not right. That's not good. Close Is your mouth. Safe? Don't do that. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's very, yeah, it's very surprising or I guess maybe unlikely that there's less positive cases now when everyone's being more lax than they were a year ago. Or, you the, know, even like less than a year ago, just within the last year, I should say. Um, like our numbers are basically where they were last June, but we're just like, eh, we're bored of being inside. It just seems Let's like just there's less rules. It yeah. it, it, it's like less rules and people are doing more, but somehow the numbers are not rising. The The graph of stupid behavior and positive cases, it's not lining up. And it just doesn't quite make sense to me. And it could be something where, you know, we usually have to wait a couple of weeks to see that data form. So maybe in a couple of weeks, it looks a little bit different. But this is, I think, their third week, maybe fourth, of announcing weekly testing results. And it just doesn't... This is really, really interesting to me. So I'm now looking at an article on Yahoo Sports from December 2nd, 2020, uh, about the NBA bubble, which I think mm -hmm. would be a, an interesting, uh, maybe not quite a control group, right, but a very controlled environment. 
um, mm-hmm. some of the strictest protocols we've seen in sports uh, in response to the, the, the COVID pandemic. Uh, they, so this was what they started out talking about ahead of the new season. So 48 out of 546 players tested from November 24th through the 30th were infected with the coronavirus. Uh, but a similar round of testing in June uh, ahead of the Disney World bubble. Ah, shoot. So this is just before the bubble, but a 5.3% positivity rate. So again, just 0.01, something just feels off about it, the number being that outlandishly low. Yeah. It, I know you're dealing with a larger uh, testing base because there are just more players in MLB than NBA. You have more uh, players on a roster, but it just seems so, so wildly low for the amount of possible ways it could go wrong. <laughs> the number just seems like it should be higher. Yeah, definitely. I would I would welcome any listener to email us. Are we... In, well, yes, we're insane. But are we more insane than normal for this conspiracy theory? Is there any world where a version of this is possible in your eye? Or you could just send us hate mail. We'll probably read it on air. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we can make fun. I mean, I figure if we ever get you know hate mail, uh, just you know use some funny voices and it's enjoyable. <laughs> you should be careful what you promise to the listener. <laughs> right. I'll help you kill your family. <laughs> so here's the other question. Oh God, right? Is, is spring training a, a bubble environment? I, I don't think that it is. I don't think, I don't think it is either. Anywhere near as strange no, as no. the bubble was. No, yeah, there's no, they haven't, uh, I mean, I know they're like trying to be careful and stuff. I think, I guess there's certain things they can and can't do, but. You can kiss each other on the mouth, but you can't use <laughs> It's a quick very, pack. No longer than three seconds. Very, very hard. Rigid. <laughs> Yeah, it's and I mean, there's even now like I'll walk around in places where you're supposed to have a mask and there's still I would say probably like, you know, one or two people usually um, not wearing a mask. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. And granted, it just seems dangerous. These people are not in the same stratosphere, right, (laughs) in terms of the resources that are available to these players and to the teams so that they can be pretty effectively isolated but I mean, come on! Some of them are going to go out into the public. I mean, well, I we've seen it already. Most of them are. Yeah, I, I would argue most of them are. I just we've we've seen that money and power. You you think you are above or invincible to certain things that us peasants are not invincible to. And I just fully believe that a lot of these players are uh, perhaps skirting protocol. It's just which ones end up getting caught or which ones have to take a fall for it. I I I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I uh, got tongue tied. I'm interested now to see the future COVID results because I didn't even realize that the MLB was releasing that information. So that's that's yeah. They announce it every Friday. I think they announce like weekly um, testing results, and in their weekly results, they um, differentiate between whether it's a player or a coach, which is interesting to me because it seems like the coaches, by and large, have been pretty consistent in mask usage at least on camera which again whole other world when they're not on camera when they're in the clubhouse moving through the facility when they're doing drills on like a regular day when they're playing games on back lots i have you just have no clue and it just seems like too many contact points for it to be going as well as it's seemingly going speaking of going unless unless there are any last minute tidbits on the conspiracy theory no thanks for bringing it up that was cool yeah, that, yeah, that's got the wheels churning in my head. It just, it, it seemed, it seemed worthy of discussion, if nothing else. Um, but speaking of things going well, things are not <laughs> going well for two Padres, right? Johnny, will you tell tell us who it's not going well for? 
So we'll go one by one here because uh, I think it happened in consecutive days. Uh, mm. So yesterday, I think, or Friday, Trent Grisham uh, left the game, pulled his hamstring. Um, doesn't look serious. Uh, they said hopefully he's just out for a week. Um, but they were, they being people on, you know, AJ Casabell, Dennis Lynn, just kind of people on Twitter, were talking about potential backups or who, you know, who will be in his stead. Um, and so they're looking at Jerickson Profar, who has filled in admirably basically everywhere that he's tried to fill in and, or that he's, that he has filled in. Uh, and then Brian O'Grady or Jorge Mateo, um, one of the two there. And while I, I like Jerickson Profar, I've never thought of him as a center fielder, and I know he doesn't have a lot of experience there, so I'm ever so slightly concerned. Um, and and I was just kind of looking at that and wondering, like, is this a potential weak spot for the team? Because um, I know we've got guys who can kind of move around in different places, but I'm looking and I'm like, oh, crap, we don't really have a good backup for Trent Grisham. Um, so are, are you guys concerned about that at all? And... Um, what would you with with the pieces that we have now? How would you go about uh, replacing him if you need to for any extended period of time? Um, and I will, I guess, whoever would like to go first can share their thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Profar is the guy. Um, much as Tony is loath to uh, <laughs> to hear that, Jerickson Profar is a goddamn American hero from, <laughs> oh, from the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> no, he. he He's done well. Uh, this is what he's meant to be for this team, right? This is the, the role that he sort of carved out for himself last season was that utility or even super utility type player where he can, you know, you put him wherever you need him um, and he'll be effective. Uh, is he going to be a star? Probably not. Um, but I, I think he's going to hold it down if he needs to. Um, and, you know, the lineup has been so bulked up. Um, in terms of you know the anticipated productivity, the projection of these players, that I think if we have a short-term absence like we saw here in the spring for, for Grisham, um, or what appears to be a short-term absence for Grisham, I think it's going to be okay to have a little bit of a you know a, a weak spot uh, in center field uh, with with Jerickson Profar filling in. Um, I don't think he's going to be a black hole, right? We've seen we were joking about Austin Hedges at the top of the podcast. Jerickson Profar is not that. <laughs> Um, it, it, you know, it, it's something where he's going to be passable, right? Uh, so I think that's probably the answer. Um, I don't know too much about Brian O'Grady. Um, just judging by his name, um, I mean, he, he could be a star, right? But that Brian O'Grady just screams just a guy to me. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then Mateo, right? He's he's one of our younger up and comers, right? So uh, he he's got something to prove if he gets an opportunity. But again, I think um, the heir apparent, so to speak, as far as uh, our, our, you know, our swing guy is Jerks and Profar, right? Because now second base is already crowded. You've got Cronenworth there. You've got Hassan Kim. Um, and then uh, Profar is a part of that depth chart as well. I, I'm looking on the MLB site, and it's showing Profar as second on the depth chart at second base, which I don't think, I don't know if that's entirely correct. But um, so yeah, I, I think I, we can handle it. I'm not as freaked out by this as maybe some other, you know, members of the media might be. Uh, or might not be, and they're just playing it up for you know entertainment value. Content, baby. That's right. That's right. Um, am I worried about Grisham's injury? No. Am I worried at the depth? Should he sustain a more serious injury? Yes. Looking at those names in the show notes, I'm thinking of the Michael Scott. Nope. Don't like that. Gif. I, I think Profar in center field, and I... I'm not going to 
reveal too much here because we're we're gonna have our predictions episode coming up on the next so i'm not gonna reveal too much but i will say profar in center field is gonna make will myers in center field look like mike trout in center field there is no way that defense holds up he mostly got a pass last year from everyone except for me on his left field defense I do not buy for a second that Profar can stick in center. Mateo, maybe just based on like pure freak speed, but I have no uh, knowledge of how well he can uh, read a jump off the ball to be able to handle that in center. And his bat is just non-existent. And Brian O'Grady will be right up front about it. We definitely have not done our homework on him. You bet your shillelagh that we will do our research before the predictions episode because brian o'grady is a perfect like super scalding hot take breakout candidate selection (laughs) joel nailed it with just a guy unless he's not a guy unless um i do not like those backup options at all i don't think there are any better ones i think what you've listed is right but uh for right now i'm not worrying about it it's spring training uh they have said it's uh, hopefully only a week which is pretty good normally the padres are really sketchy with injury news so the fact that they're already saying like eh, it's probably just a week i'm actually pretty comfortable with that um but it is worrying for the larger the larger season for sure yeah i i'm not too worried about it right now um but yeah definitely any extended absence my feelings are, I think, yeah, pretty similar with you guys. I, I'm not interested in Mateo being on the field for any extended period of time. Um, O'Grady, I don't think we'll need to learn about him. Um, not, you know, <laughs> sorry, Brian O'Grady. Um, but you're hitting 118 with a 368 OPS in spring training. Um, and Damn. I think he's supposed to be fast, but he has one caught stealing and no stolen bases. So I don't love that either. So... The, the two for 17 isn't doing it for me. Um, so that's, that's also not, that's not an option for me. <laughs> Sorry, Brian O'Grady. Nothing personal. Um, I sure hope your spring gets better. Um, hey, if you want to get weird, but, let's put Will Myers back in center since you mentioned that, Tony. I mean, Will Myers in the center. There we go. Tommy jerks in right. Left. Yeah, jerks in far in right field. Let's try that. Yeah. I mean, so I'm looking at it here. And he, so Profar apparently had two um, attempts for outs in center field, and uh, I think he got both of them. There you they go, were, Glover. I think, go. pretty normal plays. Yeah. That's a thousand he percentage a one, right <laughs> According to StatCast, he added a 1% success rate over those two uh those two things i think just because he caught it maybe it made it a one percent success rate um but but yeah he played actually all three outfield positions just a little bit of of center and right mostly just in left but um he was a neutral outfielder in left basically zero percent success rate added um so he was just pretty much average he was fine um so and and he was actually decent in right field um, so my hope is he'll just be, yeah, if he even is like Will Myers level center field, that's, that's fine. Cause Will Myers is very good in right field and Tommy Pham is fine in left field. Um, so then you at least have, it's fine outfield defense. Um, you know, and I guess considering all the good infield defense that helps. And nowadays everything's just a pop up anyways. It's easy. But maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> New baseball. Dead yeah. ball. Dead ball. <laughs> 
Blake Snell said he can grip the seams much better now. He said it's easier to grip the seams for the breaking pitches. So I am Blake Snell breakout season, maybe? You know? Whoa, whoa, breakout, whoa. Save it for the next episode. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Relatively, because he just won the Cy Young. We got to drip feed the content. Don't turn the sink true, on. Drip, true, drip. true, true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose my move would also be pro far until, you know, unless the defense is absolutely atrocious. Um, I don't see I don't see an issue because CJ Abrams you you wouldn't want to bring him up just to like just Question. as like a potential you know here you're you're here for two weeks okay we're sending you back down now that Grisham's healthy like that's not helpful so yeah time for Robert Hassel other yeah Robert Hassel as well ooh the third don't forget the third yeah very important um gosh so many options wow Tukapito um, I love to oh he's an infielder but. You know, whatever. Still. It's baseball. Not for long. <laughs> yeah, right. Not, not for us. AJ's calling him right now. He's like, so, <laughs> you want to be on the opening day roster? <laughs> we need you to left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying in all the fields. Um, so th- there wasn't, there was not just one. There were two injuries this weekend. In addition to Trent Grisham pulling his hamstring, Austin Nola uh, broke a finger. Fractured, and, yeah. Um, yeah, fractured finger, and I believe ring finger, and uh, so he is, it's on his left hand, so it's on his catching hand, it's not on the throwing hand, which is good, um, so now, as of right now, I believe AJ Casavell today released a his roster projection 3.0, and so he actually took Nola off the opening day roster, and has Caratini and Luis Camposano uh, as the starter and backup, respectively, Uh so is it Camposano season, or do you guys think that um, – is it Vincent Caratini? Victor. <laughs> Victor. 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 I love the or, pause. I was like, why? Is he, what's he pausing for? There's got to be something. I, have to was the game. I was it, literally trying to look Vincenzo? him up, too. I'm like, uh. um, So, yeah, do you think that, uh, that Camposano can – is it Camposano season or can Victor Caratini hold his own? Joel, I'll start with you. So here's the thing: I don't, I don't like this Vincent Carrot Cake guy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> joke aside. I don't. I'm not super confident. Um, the the reason that we got him was because he was Hugh Darvish's personal catcher, um, and that seems to be it. Uh, so not hyped on him. Uh, not super excited about any of the catching uh, depth chart. Uh, even Nola has been a bit of a disappointment thus far uh, before he had his injury and maybe he was trying to play through it we can kind of get him out there maybe that's been there for longer than we've or than you know has been let on um so yeah i mean i'd say give Camposano a shot why not um his eta is in 2021 uh, he seems to be mlb ready uh he's 22 uh so young but we've obviously started younger players uh, on opening day uh and it's worked out obviously luis Camposano or luis Camposano is not necessarily fernando tatis jr but I'm just saying it's not unprecedented. So, I mean, when you're down to two catchers and it's, uh, you know, those options, right? <laughs> Mr. Carrot Cake and, um, yeah, God, who, who is the third catcher? I don't even remember. With Nolan and Camposano, Nola, Camposano, Caratini, and... Um... Uh, who, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's got to be Camposano. Like, that's that's my take on <laughs> I feel like he's, he's earned a shot. I mean, if this is going to be an extended, you know, absence for, for Nola with this broken finger... I don't see why you wouldn't give him a shot because Caratini is not a world beater by any stretch. How about you? Eh, how about you, Tony? Well, I will start by saying that uh, Caratini has a lifetime 250 batting average, 
the fact that that is like a good thing for us is very depressing but that is a (laughs) massive improvement from what we've had uh i will say one other kind of nice thing is he's a switch hitter so that does kind of at least uh give him a bit more viability for matchups and kind of uh, beyond just being Darvish's catcher, although I do kind of agree with Joel that that's, that's the main get. When you acquire an ace, you do everything you can to make sure that ace has as many opportunities to succeed as possible. So um, I think there are, it's nice that he's a switch hitter, and it's nice that he's a vast improvement from pretty much like any catching options we've had in the past three to four years in terms of offensive output. But I think you have to have... Uh, Campusano in there I I just don't see why not I think he's close enough to where I don't have the same worry as like uh, Robert Hassel the third or uh, CJ Abrams I'm like that's eh, too soon it might be messing with their confidence to kind of just put them on the major league roster especially uh, in those in their cases actually in both cases with them throwing them into center field it's a big ask uh, because Robert Hassel is so young and CJ, that's not his natural position. So I think there's some factors there that would lead them to be pretty uncomfortable. And then if they didn't play well, it might affect their development pretty negatively. I don't think we have the same worry with uh, Kipusano. I He's looked pretty good. Granted, limited spring training. I know he was out for personal reasons for a few games. I uh, don't know if that ever uh, developed more than that. And obviously he has his maybe, maybe not legal trouble going on. But it seems like he's going to be here from everything we can tell it seems like he's healthy from everything we can tell because his missed time was not injury related i don't see how you can not give him a shot at least uh, i think he's probably uh not the opening day catcher i think that's probably gonna be caratini but i also think that's by virtue of darvish being the opening day starter so maybe caratini goes every two out of three games so camp only has uh limited time in there and i don't mean that as like a like he's a liability but you don't rush him in too fast and nola can get back the second third week of the season or something and we can give him a little more time to develop either at the alternate site triple a or maybe he's even on the active roster still we we don't know i think caratini and nola have a bit more versatility where they can play first nola can play more than first so maybe there's an outside shot all three of them are on the roster at once but uh I think when you start, you have to. You can't just have one. And we couldn't even name what the other options are, so they're not viable. <laughs> we traded all of them. I, that's, I was like, is it Terenz? No, he's gone too. Yeah, Blake Hunt's gone. Mejia's gone. Um, I really have no idea. <laughs> Which kind of uh, case in point, right, Johnny? I mean, if, if we can't name other than those three, it's like, well, those are kind of the three you have then. And yeah. if one's down, then you got to really use the other two. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking at... Caratini's stat cast um, page right now, which a lot of blues up at the top for the percentile ranking, so don't love that. Um, in the 98th percentile for framing, I do love that. Uh, but just kind of his batting profile overall, what I like, um, he doesn't strike out a lot, decent walk rate. Um, last year at a 333 on base, 327 for his career. So he's basically like a slightly better version of what we always wanted Austin Hedges to be. That's basically yes. Victor Caratini. Like it's Austin Hedges realized. Uh, that is that is Victor Caratini plus switch he, hitting. Yeah, plus switch hitting, which is which is dope. Cannot hit breaking pitches, and they they've kind of slowly throughout his career been throwing them more. 
and it was it was actually like the, I'm, I'm looking at it here this is just kind of a league-wide thing but as well just kind of specifically for him less fastballs more off-speed pitches especially last year that is I mean I think that's kind of kind of the weak spot there that being said yeah I mean he's he's good enough offensively one thing that did make me laugh stat cast under the batted ball profile where it shows like ground ball rate fly ball rate line drive rate hard hit rate all that kind of stuff it shows similar batters to whomever you're looking up and the second name for Victor Caratini and for some reason they just chose they choose like a single year so all of them are 2018 but it's 2018 Jose Perella oh my god (laughs) that's not the year he blew up is it where he had like half of a hot season I think let's see let's look up Jose Perella's stats and go to 2018 well I mean Devil's Advocate oh, again. Oh, 2018, I think, was actually his... Yeah, Jose Perella in the catcher spot. <laughs> there you go. You know, I mean, that kind of production in the catcher spot isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not the best <laughs> thing in the world by any means. It could be worse. Oh, yeah, it could 20... be so much. We have seen so much worse. 2017, was he, he played 83 games, and it was pretty good. 288 batting average, 347 on base, 837 OPAs. Yeah. That's and then the year. next year, we play him more. And he hits 249, 300 on base, 645 OPS. Um, <laughs> not, not, not great. Not great. Not but great at all. Start if that I, bad, if I pretend he's a catcher, that's not terrible. I'm, I'm not <laughs> mad at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's better than, that's as well or better than what we would have expected from Francisco Mejia or Austin Hedges. That was or, all we were asking. That was all we were asking, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you get a 300 on base? Maybe. 330 on base for Caratini is pretty good. That's, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's I'm, not I'm bad pretty at all. pleased with that. If So long as he can honestly just like put in a decent at-bat, foul a couple pitches off, maybe get a 6, 7, 8 pitch at-bat, that's a win. Even if he doesn't necessarily his hedges, 4 pitches max. He's either grounded out or he got his or he struck out. Holy shit. <laughs> I, w- I looked up his fan graphs page. Johnny, you asked for a 300 on base percentage. He had an on base percentage that was half that in 2016. Only 26 oh, only 26 woof. plate appearances, to be fair, but th- that just cracked me up. <laughs> I've got the Pawn wow. Stars meme in my head right now. Best we can do is run <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> can I get a walk here? No, sorry. Best I can do is a three-pitch strikeout. <laughs> Can I get a foul tip? Literally, <laughs> no. no. Foul tip into the glove. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's fine. For strike three. Yeah. Uh, those are the that worst. being said, I, I'm very excited for camp. I mean, we talked about uh, are we worried about the long-term depth with Grisham's injury. Uh, I feel much more confident with uh, the catching situation because Camposano is a highly tatted prospect. It's exciting. Yeah. And Nola is seemingly like a very tough individual uh it came out today that he gave a interview with bob scanlon like mid-game yesterday and he had his broken finger already diagnosed by that interview and he's just like i'm just chilling here having an interview like, yeah those will get fixed later don't worry i snap these all the time like what uh, <laughs> you don't just do that normal people don't do that and legit. joel his injury last year was re- reportedly a broken foot that he was playing on towards the end of the year Again, normal people just don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. Damn. He's either a badass or just has a, a, a good... Um, never mind, that's too dark because there was already a baseball <laughs> player who died of opioids. So it's going to be like, oh, well, he's no. got a great hookup for painkillers. But Oh, no. No, can't make that joke anymore. No, I think not. <laughs> but um, I feel probably, I think, pretty similar as well to you guys. I'm not super worried about this. 
again because I mean shoot in Camposano's first game he hit that home run so that was I mean that that really lit the uh, the fuse for for excitement and the fact that Caratini is he is almost the definition of a serviceable backup like he's yeah he's fine he's good like a good season from him and a bad season from Austin Nola are probably similar um, not that like I want to think about it that way but you know you get you know you kind of get some overlapping uh, overlapping talent I guess there yeah I guess that, that's pretty much it for uh, for those two topics was there anything else you guys wanted to add about Grisham or Nola or any of that no I am I guess I am moderately <laughs> excited that with both of these injuries the Padres seem to give more information than they normally do I mean with Nola it was pretty much immediately like hey this is semi serious and that he might not make opening day and we're gonna say that right now I feel like normally it's oh day to day. It's like, that's the worst thing you could possibly hear. Day-to-day means it's bad and we're not telling you. It's all that means. See how long that keeps up for, because it is only spring training. I'm sure when we get to regular season, uh, yes. it's back to... <laughs> yes. Back to the, the shrouded cloak. Right. We're going to re- reevaluate and we'll let you know. Yeah. Condition uncertain. <laughs> um, all right. So, in that case, we'll transition to the next part of the show because we're basically done with all our discussion topics for today and uh, the next part here is where we enlighten and enrich your lives with some fatherly advice and uh i was trying to bring up my fatherly advice through spotify because i have a song recommendation this week but it was taking forever but now i finally have it okay i'm gonna actually go first because i've got it so if anyone needs some time to think of some fatherly advice you can do so so I know you guys usually uh, are the ones recommending media of some kind, but this week I finally have something good to share music-wise, I think. And so for some of us, you know, especially as dads, it can be difficult to transition from, you know, normal parenting daily life stuff into intimate time with your with your significant other. And sometimes you need some some help with that. And this is not an ad for Roman or anything else. But something that can help is like some just some good sexy time music. And maybe you already have your own good sexy time music. Tip Toe Through the Tulips by Tiny Tim? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Raining Blood by Slayer. Just... (laughs) I was trying to think of a third one, but I couldn't. But, uh, But so I found a band recently and I found an album of theirs that I really really like that came out just this past year um, which I was proud of myself because I am very um, I I usually look at older music and I'm very bad at finding new or newer music and so I was like oh hell yeah finally something relatively new and so this is a um, they're a band from Texas and they're called and I'm going to probably pronounce this, mispronounce it, excuse me. It's Kruong Bean? Kruong Bean? I don't know. K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N. Kruong Bean. Um, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. But you can find them on Spotify or other stuff, I'm sure, as well. I found them personally on Spotify. Um, but they have an album from 2020 that is called... Where did it go? Mordecai, uh, which already a great name. But... Um, it's just, it's like just a, a good album. It's chill. It's like just good beats, but it's, you know, it's uh, some romantic sounding music. Um, so I'm going to recommend both the band. I'm, I'm not going to say their name again because I'm going to, I just don't like continually mispronouncing it, but the album is called Mordecai. 
Um, so maybe you can also look that up on Spotify. That might be easier to look to search. Um, but uh, good music and, you know, hopefully helps your, uh, your sexy times with your significant other. <laughs> I think it's Krungbin? 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 It's, it's uh, from a Thai word. I know that. And I think the Thai word is like airplane or something like that. Uh, but very familiar with the band and very familiar with that album. And I do co-sign it. Very, ah. uh, very good album. Their previous albums are pretty good too. And then Joel, I actually think you would probably enjoy. Are you familiar with their music, Joel? I've heard a little bit of their. I think I listened to an episode of Song Exploder for one of their uh, mm. songs. I liked it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, yeah. They've I give the album a shot. They've got some pretty uh, uh, on their older stuff, especially. They've got some pretty neat guitar work that is pretty interesting. Oh, cool. So, yeah. I, I quite enjoy. Nice. It's a great recommendation, Johnny. Thanks. If it's Tony approved, I know I found some good music. You <laughs> did. Uh, I'm gonna go next before I forget because last last podcast I drew a blank oh my God, and had to go great. <laughs> had to go with a backup <laughs> recommendation. So this is actually the original recommendation I wanted to make last week. It's a subreddit. Um, so if you've ever been on Instagram, which who hasn't been on Instagram at this point, uh, and you've gotten those like uh, those like life hack type videos where it's like i don't know like take a rubber glove and cut the fingers off of it and now you have a fingerless glove and it looks cool like, I don't know. That's, that's a horrible example but i wouldn't be surprised to see something like that on there but <laughs> the subreddit is called di i'm gonna do a, a stewie griffin here di why so it's a d-i-w-h-y um because you ask why when you see what, what they do a lot of stuff with concrete it's it's hilarious like i've seen people that, what do they do they like fill up a balloon with concrete and so it makes like a a bowl <laughs> and then they pop the balloons that's what it is yeah they put the balloon into the concrete to make the bowl shape and then they'll pop the balloon after the concrete dries and they make it into a planter like just absurd absurd things that nobody would ever ever need um yeah it's just endless entertainment i love it what i saw today it was they were homemade toe socks i i don't even know what they were made of it was it was awful but it was <laughs> somebody put on these toe socks and wore flip-flops with them and it was like imagine if uh like a pedicure was with googly eyes that's the best way i can describe it <laughs> it it's fantastic um so yeah uh if you're kind of like uh, stagnating on reddit a little bit you're getting a little bored don't know where to look i recommend r slash di why Let's see. That, that is a. Uh, I, I think I've been there a couple times, and it is that one. And and um, I think it's ATGBE. Awful taste, but great execution. ATBGE. Yeah. Um, though I, those I kind of I kind of think of in in similar realms because that one's another like it looks cool, but why the hell did you do that? <laughs> another one of my favorites I saw today. Uh, somebody made a. I think it was like a suit of armor or like a some sort of like humanoid statue <laughs> out of cicada shells. Oh my god! Because they can. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. I I I feel like Doc Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Like, if he were a real person and if he existed today, would go crazy over over DIY, over that over that specific subreddit. Like, they'd be like weird, useless crap that like I'm not sure if it actually helps me, but it's weird. Him and like Mr. Weasley, just like adventures of them like exploring the internet spin-off yeah putting a spoon on a drill so that you can scoop sugar out and then hit the drill again and <laughs> dump the sugar into your coffee there we go perfect <laughs> all right tony uh my recommendation is going to be pretty quick um so i read like two books a year maybe i just uh it's something i am not very 
um, I get distracted. So I probably read like 10 half books, but two like complete books a year. But um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, determined to purchase a book that I was very interested in and I wanted to finish it. And I have not finished it yet, but I'm very confident I'm going to because I've been burning through it for my pace. Um, it's called Interior Chinatown by, I just wanna double check the author, by Charles Yu. And the I think the simplest way to present it is, it's a novel, uh, uh, a funny novel about, imagine like a uh, cable procedural, like Law and Order or CSI or something. And there's always these uh, fringe on the screen side characters. Uh, maybe it's a chef at the restaurant where this murder takes place, or it's someone sweeping the floor in the back of a coffee shop or something. This book posits what if these uh, characters were Chinese immigrants, and what does the rest of their life look like beyond that one scene that you see them in? They're fully realized people. They live fully realized lives. What do those even look like? Because their stories are not being told on the show you're watching. And it's this very funny look at how many of those uh, stories are kind of sad, kind of hard, full with struggle, filled with um, different walks of life uh, that these people kind of have to go through to uh, seek and find representation. But it's uh, written, uh, Charles Yu has written on Westworld before, so he's clearly familiar with scripts and script writing. So some of the layout of the pages, they're actually written as if it's a, as if it's a script and it'll be like old Asian dishwasher. And it's like, that's the character you're following. And it's like the, what you're reading is like actually scene by scene of like the show. So it'd be like grizzled cop clenches his jaw. The audience loves it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes, and uh, then it'll switch to when old Asian dishwasher gets offset and he goes home. And what is his apartment like? Does he live with his family? Does he see his son this way? Stuff like that. So it's very funny, um, very heartfelt, very clearly written with a purpose uh, from the author that I think is um, really, really hitting with me. I want to say it's like 250 pages or something. I'm just about through 200 of them, and uh, I read pretty slow. So I think a more average reader would get through it pretty quickly. And I know it picked up a bunch of awards at the end of last year, so it's not like I'm finding a hidden gem or anything, but um, really recommend Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. Sounds, that sounds... Uh, I, haven't, I haven't read too many like screenplays, and I feel like I have a hard time getting through them, but I feel like that one would be... It's, it's got that entertaining, you know element to it to where you, yeah. you kind of able you just kind of that sounds pretty funny very thought i too am a slow well, reader i like to uh drink it all in I, I don't know like i could read faster but i feel like i'd miss stuff i used to be a really fast reader especially when i would like do the hair like get like the harry potter book at midnight and i would just burn through that thing just be like how fast can i read it but then yeah i know i'm like i kind of am like i feel like when i would read it that way i just wouldn't read everything i would just kind of get the gist of it and i'm like yeah i know what's happening but then i would just i would i would miss stuff yeah. so yeah i think i'm definitely it's much slower now in everything it's like sipping a nice cup of tea yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like hmm, this book isn't going anywhere <laughs> oh man well uh that is it for uh the fatherly advice 
And uh, that is pretty much it for the the majority of the show. Uh, if you would like to send me hate mail for, um, I can't remember what it was that I did, but making a joke about opioids. <laughs> that's right, yeah. opioid joke. Okay, that's right. Yes, thank you. I'll be sending you hate mail about uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I everyone, do that every week. Please so. do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Open it up Monday morning. I'm like, oh, um, but uh, but yeah. If you uh, if you want to send any um, questions or uh, uh, topics that you're curious about uh, you can reach us conspiracy theories definitely yes please Please. most definitely send conspiracy theories Um, you can uh, reach out to us via twitter um, at dads talking dads as well as via email dads talking dads at gmail.com uh, don't forget to uh, rate and review and subscribe to us on whichever podcasting app that you use. Uh, tell your friends and whomever else you know about the show, because uh, the Potters are going to kick some ass this year, and you know you, you gotta you gotta stay in the loop somehow. So, what better way than Dad's talking Dad? Um, but that is it for this episode. Uh, I am uh, I am Johnny. I forgot who I am. I'm Joel, <laughs> and I'm Vincent Caratini. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for listening uh, we'll be back soon with more Padres talk I believe on our next episode we'll be doing our season predictions uh, so keep an eye out for that and as always go Padres <laughs>